0: Hello, and welcome back to the War Movie Podcast. My name is Mark, and in this episode, we're going to be discussing the film Zulu from 1964, directed by Cy Enfield and starring Stanley Baker, Michael Caine, and Ula Johnson. I chose this film due to its cultural, political, as well as controversial aspects. And that's because the movie Zulu depicts the Battle of York's Drift, which took place on January 22nd, 1879 in South Africa during the Anglo-Zulu War. And this film, which was released during the Cold War, discusses pride as well as decolonization. As mentioned earlier, this film is considered to be very culturally significant, but also controversial. I will get into the film, of course, and I will review it. But before I do, I'd like to get into some of the history behind the Anglo-Zulu War. In order to discuss the Anglo-Zulu War, we have to discuss the tumultuous history of South Africa. South Africa was first discovered by Portuguese navigator Bartholomew Diaz in the 1480s. Later, Vasco da Gama would survey the coast in 1652. This was followed between a 1647 to 1652 expeditions by the Dutch East India Company. The British, however, would also occupy Cape Town during the Napoleonic Wars, from 1795 to 1803, in which the British would become ever more interested in colonizing the area. Now, in order to discuss South African history, I'm going to touch right now on the history of the Dutch, as well as the Afrikaans people, and how they came to South Africa. Because the Afrikaans were Protestants, many of which Calvinists in the 1617 and 1800s, were being persecuted all over Europe by Catholics, and many had to flee. This is when many Dutch Protestants, as well as German Protestants, would come from their homelands all the way down to South Africa. For those who know any early modern history of Europe will understand the term Huguenots. These, of course, were French Protestants, and along with the Dutch and the Germans, they also settled South Africa, which they considered to be the furthest away from France that they could get. In the 1850s, this resulted in two republics that were established by Dutch farmers, which were known as the Boers. The first was called the Orange Free State, and the second was called the South African Republic. There was also a colony of Transvaal. It's also worth noting that when the Dutch, the Huguenots, and the Germans entered to settle South Africa, there, of course, were indigenous populations such as the Zoshas and the Zulu, which had a really large kingdom. Not wanting to give up their kingdom or their traditional ways, the Zulu fight the Boers on many different occasions. However, it wasn't until the British came in in the late 1800s when the British and the Zulu would go to war for the areas around the Boers. This is where we get the Battle of York's Drift. The battle itself is considered to be kind of a last stand, very much like the Battle of Thermopylae, in which a small group of defenders went against an attacking group much larger than them. In this case, there were somewhere between 139 and 141 British troops, including civilians, and the attacking force of Zulus ranged between three to 4,000. The Zulu warriors fought with shields and spears while The British soldiers had modern technology, including artillery cannons and rifles. It wasn't just the technological advancements, but essentially the Zulus themselves, even though they had eventually lost the war, used battles like York's Drift to scare and intimidate the British soldiers. They, of course, were unprepared for the technological advances and would end up losing but the Battle of York's Drift was one of the very first conflicts in which the British would encounter resistance by the Zulu people. I mean, can you imagine somewhere between you know, 130 and 140 people taking on a force, even though they only had shields and spears, of 3,000 to 4,000? They were dramatically outnumbered, and yet the British, just like in the war in general, ended up taking victory. This film was released in 1964. This is 19 years after the end of World War II and 20 years since D-Day in France. As many know, the British Empire at one time expanded the entire globe. That saying that the sun never sets on the British Empire was absolutely true for many, many years. But after World War II, something was changing. First of all, in the early 20th century, the African people began to understand the European concept of nationalism and independence. And that is exactly what they demanded from their colonizers. The period known as decolonization starts immediately in 1946, right after World War II, and actually lasted until somewhere around the 1980s and even into the 1990s. In 1964, in Africa, there had been previously many different resistance movements. One of the most notable for the British was the Mau Mau uprising, which took place between 1952 and 1960 in the country of Kenya. Now, you might say, well, what does Kenya have to do with South Africa? Well, in general, the early 60s and also the 1950s were a time of resistance. Britain was simply trying to hold on to the colonies, that it had gained in the past couple hundred years, but times were changing. In the end, the 1960s would be a vast era of decolonization for the British. The first land to go was British Somaliland, as well as Nigeria, which gained independence in 1960. Sierra Leone and Tanzania would gain independence in 61. Uganda in 62. Zanzibar and Kenya would gain independence in 1963. North Rhodesia, as well as Malawi, would gain independence in 1964, followed by Southern Rhodesia and the Gambia in 1965, and finally Botswana in 1966. And I would really encourage people to go to the internet and to find reliable sources, meaning not Wikipedia, in order to understand what this period was and what this period meant for Africans. Now, let's go back to the film because I want to discuss some of the themes behind the film, and I want to get into a little bit more history. Being released in 1964, there was still an era of conservatism and tradition left in British hearts and minds. According to many, British were still, they still wanted to be colonizers. There was still an arrogance about them. However, many of these people that were traditional and conservatives had to deal with the reality that their African colonies simply wanted independence. They demanded independence, and many people felt very reluctant to give them that. So this film comes out, and it depicts a small group of British soldiers with advanced technology in a valley in South Africa that defeat An inferior force. Now, this is extremely controversial in 1964. It's still considered very controversial today. And many people believed that this was a very pro-colonial film. Now, I'm not exactly sure if this is supposed to be a pro-colonial film or not, but I would suggest that, in fact, it's a very balanced film. So first of all, the British are in South Africa to colonize. They do believe that the Zulu, as well as the Zoshas, the Swazis, and many other indigenous peoples of South Africa were inferior. But the indigenous Africans had numbers on their side, and they were willing to fight, and they were willing to die in order to keep their lands free from their colonizers. In come the more technologically advanced British, with an arrogance, with a sort of smugness that many of their colonizers would just give in to their ways. And of course, this never happens the way it's planned. The Battle of York's Drift is really this interesting culmination, as it was one of the very first battles of the Anglo-Zulu War that was of a massive, massive scale, The film, however, depicts the many British soldiers as well as civilians, including clergy and engineers that are simply trying to build infrastructure in South Africa. So here we have the sort of British idea that all they're trying to do is they're going to come into South Africa, they're going to, you know, try to unite some of these people And these people, meaning the indigenous Africans, would be receptive to their message. They're also building infrastructure. They're building bridges. They're building roads. They're building schools and hospitals. Churches are coming in and building this infrastructure for the African people. And yet the African people do not want Western colonialism and Western economics. And this is really essentially what this movie kind of sums up. It gives us two sides to the same coin. On one side, the British have a job to do. They're in South Africa. They don't necessarily want to be there, but they know that if they can bring peace, stability, infrastructure, and economics to these people, they believe that they will have a better life. The Zulus, however, see them as foreign invaders and want nothing to do with them. Now, why I'm getting into sort of this idea of controversy is if you've ever seen the film, and I highly, highly recommend this movie, and unfortunately I do have to spoil this movie, the movie itself not only depicts the war, the battle, which I think is brilliant. I think the way the battle is shot, I think the way... Um, The fact that it's very isolated, essentially, most of the battle does take place within a compound called York's Drift. There are a few buildings, it's kind of like what we would call a fire base today, meaning it's kind of a makeshift camp. And the British, of course, do have their rifles, which are single bullet loaded. But where the controversy and where kind of the cultural significance comes in is at the very end. Now, This is an event that did not actually happen, and so putting it into this film is controversial because because the filmmakers had a certain message that they were trying to portray. So, after the battle in which the British are successful, the Zulu, as they're retreating, they stand on top of hills and other areas that surround the camp, and they salute the British— And it's a little bit hard to describe if you haven't seen the film, but essentially they give them a traditional respectful salute in the end, almost like saying you British are worthy opponents and we the Zulu now kind of bow before your advancement. And that is considered controversial because of its pro-UK message. Now, can you imagine putting that into a movie about colonization, where after A few British people literally kill hundreds and hundreds of Zulus. The Zulus just kind of turn back and respect and give them a traditional salute. And to me, this is what makes this movie kind of interesting. Because while I want to say it's definitely pro-British, and it's definitely pro-conservative and pro-tradition, that's not necessarily the case, of course, because in my opinion, there's a lot of anti-colonial sentiment in this film. And it's depicted through certain characters that are civilians who really don't want to be in that situation. So this is where, again, it becomes kind of controversial. Is this movie Zulu? Is it a pro-colonial film? Is it about a small group of white advanced people that can undermine with their technology and their science and their engineering undermine the power of the Zulu nation as well as other indigenous populations throughout the world. Now, going back to the fact that this was released in 1964, I think that this film was more nostalgia, that it wasn't necessarily a conservative movie, that it was an anti-colonial movie that was using the nostalgia of the 19th century to prove a point. That while the British Empire was able to attack and defeat the Sulu, 1964 is not 1879. And so while the British were able to do what they did at York's Drift, we live in a different time. And I really, really think that that's the message of the film. Although with the salute at the end might be a little confusing, I think the filmmakers put that in as a goodbye Almost like saying, okay, well, we know that in the late 19th century, the British defeated the Zulus, but is that still relevant in 1964? So again, there's two different sides that we can take to this. And I'm always interested in hearing what other people think. So for example, I don't think that my position is correct. My position just being that this is an anti-colonial movie that has some nostalgia. In the end, the Battle of York's Drift cost 17 British lives, and 15 were wounded, compared to the 351 Zulus killed, and about 500 were wounded, which is quite significant in the numbers. It should also be worth noting that after the Anglo-Zulu War took place, the British would then go after the Dutch. The First Boer War was fought between 1880 and 1881, just a year after the Anglo-Zulu War, when the British attempted to destroy the Dutch presence in South Africa. While that first war was unsuccessful for the British, they would then launch a second Boer War between 1899 and 1902, In 1902, both the Orange Free State as well as the South African Republic, as I mentioned earlier, were dismantled and a new era of British South Africa would take place. Ultimately, the Battle of York's Drift was depicted as a great victory for the British forces and was a source of propaganda as well as recruitment for more colonial wars in the late 19th century and to the early 20th century. I highly, highly recommend this movie for many, many different reasons. First of all, the performances are great. Um, There's a young Michael Caine who is really amazing, as well as Stanley Baker. But I really want to focus, of course, and mention the combat scenes. The camera work during the combat scenes are is really, really stunning. It's it's quite remarkable Um, the way that the camera moves through this. Small, tight spaces, the way that there are a lot of pans and dolly shots of rows and rows of soldiers. And it might seem a little bit outdated on how could rows of soldiers being, you know, firing at large groups of enemies be entertaining. But I think if you watch this film from the perspective that it was very influential on other war movies, including the anti-colonial message and the anti-war message then Zulu becomes a very seminal war film, and one that I highly, highly recommend. So please, if you have seen the movie Zulu, and you enjoy it, and perhaps you think it is actually a pro-British, pro-colonial, very conservative movie, please let me know. I really appreciate you listening to this podcast, and please continue to listen to my content. Until next week, my name is Mark. Thank you very much.